cliffcentral.com We're going to cry, laugh and love. And we're going to do it together. The Life with Libang podcast. That's what's up. That's the truth. That is what's happening today. And hello to you. How you doing? How you feeling? Wherever you are in the world, wherever you're listening from, I hope you are feeling great and ready to be fulfilled for another episode of Life with Lebang. My name, of course, is Lebang Khosana, and I am so glad that I get to sit in this very, very suspiciously warm seat and connect with you once again like we do every single week. Oh, so good to be back. So good to be where I belong. You know, when you know that like you are where you're supposed to be, that is literally how I feel right now. Literally in this moment. You know, Life with Lebang is a show that's just brought me so much joy. It's brought me so much like fulfillment, being able to connect with so many of you all over the globe, literally connecting, getting in touch and introducing you also to some super, super powerful people, whether it's spiritually, whether it's, you know, physically, workingly, whateverly, some really, really dope people who all have one thing in common, which is to promote positive and present parenting in the very same way that I do. People that are passionate about restructuring what the family structure looks like, you know, and evolving, moving with the times as well. Um, you know, and it's been such a, a joy and a pleasure being able to bring those people into the studio, connect with them and share that with you every single week without fail. And so that doesn't stop. That does not stop. We continue because there's just so many people that still need to hear what it is that, you know, we, we, we talk about here. So many people that need to still be inspired by the information that we share. And a lot of the times when I bump into people, whether it's in public or whatever the case is, a lot of people ask me like, how do you do it? How do you get on the show and just pour your heart out like that and be so vulnerable? And I'm like, yo man, the truth is all I know is how to be myself. And I'm trying every day to be just a better version of myself. And I like to use my personal life experiences as a nice benchmark for us to learn together and solve problems together. Um, you know, whether these are problems in the household, whether these are issues with, you know, our kids, our partners, spirituality, just general wholesomeness. And it, it's like a healing for me. This is my therapy. Like, I kid you not, being able to switch this microphone on and just like pour my heart out to you and get the help that I need in the process is literally my therapy. Like, I am getting free therapy. <laughs> I am very lucky. I'm one of the few people that is, you know, connecting with, I don't even want to say strangers. You're not, you're not a stranger to me. You know, I, I feel you and I know you. I feel like I know you just by speaking with you every single week and connecting with you. And today is no different. Today, I, I'm going to speak on something that really sadly so many single parents in this country that I live in, in this country of South Africa, so many single parents deal with and have to face at some other point in their parenting journey. And that includes me. You know, at some point when I was a single mother, I was faced with, you know, 
the realities of damn raising a child by myself sucks this wasn't part of the plan this isn't right something is up and in realizing that you know you go through a couple of things to try and make it right and if it just doesn't work and you keep getting met with no and rejection and 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 you kind of take matters into your own hands and you say you know what there's actually the law for things like this you know what i'm saying i i don't need to suffer by myself let me you know holler at the law <laughs> find myself a maintenance court and see if i can get assistance now this is a process that i am still undergoing i'm still as we speak as i sit here today on this sunny sunny morning I'm still in court battling for maintenance. It has been ridiculously tedious and incredibly mind, mentally, what's the word? Straining. However, I am not giving up and I felt very compelled to do this show today because I know there are over, there's, Thousands, thousands and thousands of single parents, most of them mothers, not all of them, but most of them mothers who are trying to get the assistance of the court, whether it's the maintenance court or just the children's court, in order to assist them in this journey of parenthood because they did not make that child by themselves. And so I'd like to just unpack just a couple of things that can ease you into that journey. I want you to know that it is okay it is not impossible and if ever you are in a situation where you need to sort sort after the help of the court it is possible to do so if i can do it i promise you so can you it's not an impossible task is the bottom line and for if for the sake of your child I would suggest that you just go for it. Don't don't let it intimidate you. Don't let it look like this big mountain that you need to climb. Like, oh my gosh, maintenance court. Where am I going to start? Yo, do I need a lawyer? Do I need this? Do I need that? No, you do not. All you need is strength. And if you're able to bring a beautiful child into this world, then you've already got that covered, right? So let's start off with the definition of what child support actually is. So maintenance truly refers to the duty to support and provide for another person. It's normally claimed for minor kids, obviously, and it's used to cover their needs, which includes things like uh, clothes, school fees, food, shelter, and medical expenses. But under South African law specifically, children have the right to receive financial maintenance and both parents are required to provide financial support of a child, whether you're married to the person that you had a child with, whether you were just living together or you're just boyfriend and girlfriend, all of that doesn't matter. The minute biologically you can prove that this is the mother of my, this is the father of the, of the child and I am the mother, you are both, you have to, you are both responsible to financially maintain this child, right? Um, so there's like a bunch of acts, <laughs> like with all laws, there's acts that go back years that keep changing, blah, 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 blah. There's been a lot of which that I'm not going to go into because this is obviously not a law show, but I'm going to make it make sense for all parents, right? Long story short, both parents need to participate in the child's well-being, particularly the parent that is able to do so, right? So the amount of maintenance that's paid 
to the primary caregiver, being primary caregivers who the child lives with, is a calculation based on the monthly earnings of each parent and the cost of the child's needs, education, care, blah, 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 blah. So basically, how how this basically works, right? Step one, essentially, <laughs> is you need to go to court as the parent who is requesting child support and maintenance from the other parent. You need to go there and fill in a form. Like with all things, we are just a bunch of form fillers. And then you state your case, say, hey, I'm the parent of such and such a child. This is how long the child has been alive for. And I've been maintaining the child on my own for this long. And I would really like some support. And, you know, they ask, they just, you put it, you fill in the, 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 basically the expenses of the child, whether it's school fees, uh, you know, whether there's a nanny involved, transport to school, whatever your child's needs are, you put them into that form. Now, this form, you can get it online. You can download it online and print it. All the information is there for you. I promise you. Or you can literally go to any magistrate's court, closest one to your area where you stay, and you can request the form. They will hand the form to you and you have every right to ask for assistance in filling it in. It's pretty straightforward, but it can be a bit tricky. So if read it and if you're confused, ask the people that either work there or just get, get some help. It's very simple. Then you fill in all of the child's needs and then you fill in the total amount of money that you are earning. And then you fill in how much you are asking for maintenance. And most importantly, you need to attach some forms as well you need to attach like a copy of id bank statements as well as proof of residence just those kinds of things so that the court can indeed you know prove that everything that you're saying adds up and is correct once you filled in this form you submit this form to the court they will log your file and once they've logged your file they'll give you a date for you to return to the court and appear with the other part party in this child's life so the the mother or the father whoever you are requesting the maintenance from now in this form you also have to fill in the details of this other person so make sure you're ready make sure you've got the id number the address where this person lives all of that information is going to be necessary because yeah i mean it's the law the law is the law after all right and look it's not again it's not always part of the plan to get to a point where you need to Go looking for maintenance. Ideally, if you are married to your partner, you, you, you're married and you have a child with this person, then great. And if things are great, it's a happy marriage, then you know you won't need to get to the point of requesting maintenance. Maintenance usually comes into play after like a divorce or if you were never married to that person and you aren't able to have an amicable co-parenting experience and whatever the case is. And sadly, in most cases, particularly in South Africa, um, is really that fathers just run off. Fathers just run off. And it's probably not even just in South Africa. This is like a global phenomenon. You know, that fathers just run off and become deadbeat dads. You know, look it up. Look up what a deadbeat dad is. And that leaves the mother, and not all cases are like this, but mostly are, where the mothers are left to look after the kids alone. And again, moms, whether you're a young mom, not so young mom, it doesn't matter. It's never too late you can walk into any children's court and apply for maintenance. You deserve assistance. This is not your responsibility by yourself. Now, maintenance order is only going to be granted by court, right? It's not, 
you know, something that you can just sit and decide between the two of you. Okay, cool. Let's make it this amount and then like we'll be happy. Only the court, in front of the court and in front of the magistrate, can you then decide, okay, this is, you know, what it's going to be and this is how it's going to work. What is interesting that it, about maintenance is that if you are a divorcee, you can essentially apply for maintenance for yourself as well. So it's like spousal maintenance, which can also be uh, put into there. But that is like a whole nother episode for another day. Today we're focusing on children's maintenance, right? So the duty to maintain a child is not linked to marriage at all, right? The Maintenance Act says that the parents' perspective shares of such obligation are apportioned between them, right? Which means, hey, you do your part, I do my part. The child should not suffer regardless of whether we married or not, regardless of our relationship. At the end of the day, the child cannot suffer. And I'll say this again. Who is responsible for paying child maintenance? Both parents. This includes adoptive parents. That means if you've chosen to adopt a child, you have an obligation to meet the financial needs for this child. Parents of a child are liable to maintenance, irrespective of whether the parents were married, cohabiting, living apart. I've already said this part. Like, you got a child, right? You were ready to have a child. Then you know the responsibility that comes with having a child. You have to maintain this child. That is it. That That's the bottom line, right? So, all right, step one, I did say, go to a court, closest one to you, ask for maintenance courts, make sure that you are at the correct court and request a form. Now, the name of the form is a J101. This refers to all South African mothers. If you are looking to apply for child maintenance, or not mothers only, but if you're looking to apply for child maintenance, go to um, the maintenance court and ask for form J101. And this is where you will get it, right? So I've already said what kind of things you'll you'll put in the form. But the, the form is pretty detailed. Like, they'll ask things like, what date must the money be put in? They'll ask you for your banking details. So where should which bank should the money uh, go into? Like, literally right down to the T. They want receipts because they know how important this is. This is your child's life. Uh, you also put in their three months bank statements, three months pay slip, if possible. You put your child's birth certificate, a copy of your ID, a certified copy of your marriage certificate, should you have one, proof of residence, all of that jazz. And look, again, this whole process is not, it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do, but I don't want that to to discourage you. I still want you to stand up and actually go out there and do it if you need to, because it has to get done. I'm just tired of reading stories like almost daily online where, you know, mothers, single moms are applying for maintenance court and they've taken their baby daddies to court and their baby daddies decide that they don't actually want to pay or financially you know, um, commit to this child's well-being so much so that they even like quit their jobs. They purposefully quit their jobs just to spite the mother and just to not participate in the child's life. This is the level at which some people are operating at. And it's truly, truly devastating for the mothers who have to sacrifice everything. This is exactly why I'm doing this show. Now, the next step, like I said, the court will provide you with a date which uh, you and the respondent, the respondent being the person you're claiming maintenance from, should appear in the court. Now, they'll set a date and um, 
yeah, this this is the date where you must both now appear. Now the trick, and this depends on the different courts that you go to. So I went to Alexandra Magistrates Court because that's the closest court to where I stay. I went to the maintenance court there. I filled in my application. And upon receiving the court date, I was then obligated to take that form and deliver it to the respondent, to my son's father and say, hey, this is for you. You need to sign it, acknowledge that you're, you you need to be in court. And then um, he needed to hand that over back to me. Now, now that process, legally, I'm not allowed to do that without the assistance of the police. Because historically, when women have gone to their, you know, spouses, ex-husbands, partners, baby daddies, whatever the case is, with those forms, GBV would enter the chat, you know? So now they've put in a law where you're not allowed to just go with that. You need you can't serve the respondent on your own. You need to protect yourself, especially if you're a woman. So this is where the tediousness of this process comes in. So I had to then take these forms, go and find my son's father, of whom at that time I didn't even know exactly where he was staying, what he was doing. All I knew is where he worked. And I had to go to where he worked. And I had to give the... In fact, before I went to where he worked, I first had to go to the nearest police station to where he worked, right? Give them the form and let them know that, hey, we need to go serve this guy with these papers. Can you guys escort me, essentially? Then they escorted me. We went there the first time and he wasn't there. And they were like, well, he's not here. Apparently he's, he's sick. He'll be back in two days. I let that go. Two days later, I had to do the same process. I had to get in my car, drive to the nearest police station to where he works, give different police the same schlep and say, this is what I need to do. Get them to escort me to his workplace. And then he was there. He signed the forms. He gave, I got the forms back. And once I've got that form back, I need to then have it with me on the day that we attend court just to prove that indeed we did go through the serving process. And there's also a stamp from the police station so just prepare yourself to do a lot of moving around, basically. If you are lucky and you are in a civil co-parenting relationship with your child's other parent, then, you know, and you know that you're safe, then you probably don't need to go through all of that. I would suggest you probably call them and say, hey, please meet me at this and that police station. Let's go get a stamp together from the police station. Then you can just sign. However, by law, you cannot go by yourself. Because a lot of women get shot and killed in those instances due to anger and gender-based violence. Right. Once you've got the date and the respondent has signed and affirmed, approved that, yes, indeed, this is the date that I need to appear in court. Then you appear in court and just cross thumbs in hopes that this person will actually arrive. Now, back to the tediousness of it all. If you are unlucky like me and the respondent, you know, doesn't take this process as seriously as you do, you will be doing a lot of back and forths. I unfortunately, I think I went to court alone on two different occasions and the magistrate cannot proceed if the respondent is not present because they obviously need both sides of the story. They need to know what happened and how we got here and why this child is not being maintained. So after two attempts of this entire process, mind you, of, you know, getting the, the order, sent, going to the police station, getting him serving, serve the papers, getting escorted by the police, him signing and acknowledging, he still never pitched on two occasions. 
At that point, a subpoena, something called a subpoena is issued, which pretty much forces the respondent that says, look, bro, we've told you now enough times that you have to appear in court and you've still chosen not to. Therefore, now we're not giving you a choice. Now, a subpoena is like, you know, red zone. If you do not attend court after receiving a subpoena, you can get arrested immediately. And by immediately, I mean the cops are hungry to arrest you. They like arresting deadbeat dads. They enjoy it. So test them, I dare you. Luckily for me, the subpoena worked. And eventually, we were both in maintenance court together explaining our troubles and how we got here and what amount needs to be put towards the child and, 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 and. So how is maintenance calculated? Now, this part is very interesting because as a primary caregiver, you have a clearer view on this child's needs as far as school fees, as far as clothes, as far as stationery as far as nappies, as far as food, transport, extramural activities, at whatever age your child is, if you're the primary caregiver, you're obviously on top of all of those things. The respondent should be, but if you're going, to, if you're at the point where you're having to take the respondent to maintenance court, uh, I have my doubts about them being on top of those things. Right. Now, let's figure out how it's calculated. So the daily and monthly living costs of the child, food, clothing, housing, which includes water, electricity, rental, as well as other household items, medical care, entertainment, and education are taken into consideration when determining the amount of maintenance paid by one or both parents, right? As mentioned, the maintenance payable in respect of a child is determined by the particular facts and circumstances that are unique to each matter. The maintenance payable by a parent in one matter is obviously different from the maintenance payable to a parent in another matter. So there's no two same situations. Your situation is your situation. It is what it is. And that's just how the cookie crumbles. So you need to come there equipped and ready with receipts as the person who's made this application. The court will look at the needs of the child as well as the ability of the parents to afford child maintenance. Now, this is the part that really threw me off. But it theoretically, it does make sense. But being in that situation, I'll tell you, it's not, it's not easy and it's not nice to, you know, kind of sit there and be told that the amount you're requesting is too high or is unreasonable. So, again, theoretically... The court has to be fair. They have to look at both sides. They have to look at what can the respondent afford. If the respondent is working, they will request a payslip from the respondent. They'll look at the payslip and say, sure, okay, the respondent is only earning 5,000 rands. And that 5,000 rands is to cover uh, rental, food, everything on a monthly basis that, you know, that that person would need. How much of that can go towards child support and child maintenance is is truly the job of the court in this case. The court will then have a look and just decide that, okay, cool, we'll do a portion of this much, regardless of the child's needs. Now, you know, like with all law, there's loopholes and there's this and there's that. But the bottom line is, if the child's needs go up to about 10,000 rands, because you've chosen a great school and you've chosen, uh, you know, transport for the child to go to school, put them in extra meals, whatever the case is, 
uniforms, what, what, stationery. They've got everything that they need, right? And all of that comes up to around 10,000 rand, including medical aid, all of that jazz. And the child, other parent is only earning around 5,000 rands. I, I promise you, you are not looking at a lot as far as financial support goes. Um, I was told straight to my face, why am I putting my child in a private school? And you know, there's, there's better schools out there that are more affordable. And I just flat out refused because it was my choice. And personally, I can afford it. Now, mind you, I'm not in maintenance court because I actually need any financial help from this person. I'm in maintenance court because I'm like, actually, why am I doing this by myself? I know I can, but I don't need to. I don't need to. And therefore, let me take this person to maintenance court so that they can also participate in raising this child. So prepare yourself to be challenged in sitting in court. You will be challenged and you, you can't respond or act from an emotional perspective because this is such a, an intense process and it's probably very, very sacred. I mean, this is your child that we're speaking about. There's an idea of how you think it's going to go and then there's how it really goes. And it's not often that it goes in the way that you think it's going to go. Courts are, they're quite lenient to fathers in most cases, especially if the fathers are still willing to be in the child's life. Um, you know, the magistrate did share with me that a lot of the fathers come to court and claim that those aren't their kids and they're demanding DNA tests. Before they even get to the conversation of maintenance, they are still in denial about whether those are their kids or not. And that happens way more often than a case where a father's there and he actually is happy to provide. So if a father or the other parent says, look, I can only provide 500 bucks and the child's needs amount to 10,000, the court doesn't mind. They'll say, well, it's better than nothing. Group. And there goes the stamp. So just prepare yourself, um, parents, for an emotional roller coaster, for lack of a better word. <laughs> but all courts are different. I can only speak from my experience. So, yeah, the courts will look at how much you earn as the primary caregiver and how much the other parent earns. If you as the primary caregiver earn more than the other parents, I can already tell you, like, you're already on the back foot. They're not, they're not even going to consider... They, they are pretty much going to be like, well, it seems like you, know, you can afford it, so... You know, why are you asking for this amount? Because from what we can see from your payslip and your bank statements, you can afford this. And again, how do you explain to the court that I'm not doing this for the money? I'm doing this so that the other parent can participate in the child's life and feel the responsibility. You know, you can't explain that to them. But nonetheless, the court will consider the income of each parent and then use the same to obtain a percentage of the child's expensive expenses that each parent is liable to pay. So... The court won't be on your side and it also won't be on the respondent's side. They're not on anybody's side except for the child's. They're very clear about that. They're like, at the end of this proceeding, we are going to decide what's best for the child. Not what's best for you, mom, or what's best for you, dad. They are literally looking out for the kid, which I think that part I was like, cool, you know, I can't be mad. Because that kind of, that makes sense. It makes sense. Because, you know, we have different experiences. Now, naturally, a court can't order a payment that a parent can't afford, right? They have to see, okay, what can this person afford? 
They'll have a look at income, that kind of thing, sizable assets, all of that jazz to come to an amount that hopefully you're okay with as the person that is requesting this maintenance. If not, sorry, but the court will do its best um, to ensure that it's a reasonable amount and that it's an affordable amount. Because also you don't want to, you know, take that person out of house and home. You don't want to take the, the child's other parent completely out. But realistically, you need to fight for your child is what I'm going to, my advice. My advice to you is that you need to sit there and fight for your kid. Like, there's nobody that's going to fight for your child except for you is the bottom line. I mean, the court will do what they can, but only you as the primary caregiver who's had to take on all of this weight of paying school fees and medical aid, transport, food, et cetera, et cetera. If you've done that by yourself for your child's entire life or for the bulk of your child's life, fight for your child. I was in that court telling them that, you know, there's still fees that I'm paying off from other schools from other years, of which is not a lie. You know, I've literally gone into debt because of this, because of the choices that I made as far as the life that I wanted to give to my child. And I'm completely cool with it, but I brought that up so that the court can know that's the level of sacrifice that I was willing to make by myself without the assistance of anybody else, without anybody else coming forward and saying, hey, I made this child with you, <laughs> you know, let me participate. No, other people's lives simply continued and mine obviously had to alter. So fight for your child while you are sitting there in court. Fight, 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 fight. Now, after the conversation with the magistrate and you guys all agree on an amount, the court will then get a nice big sexy stamp, boom, make everybody sign signatures on the, on the form that pretty much says the respondent agrees to pay the maintenance that you are claiming every month and now there'll be a maintenance order in place. Now the maintenance order is in place and you guys have reached an agreement, everything is all good or so you hope. And Bob's your uncle. You can be well on your way knowing that on this date, I'll expect this amount of money to come into the account number that I put on the form. And because the respondent signed, then he or she also agrees. Right? Right. That is what one would think. However, there are some cases where people just take chances and they truly do not take the law seriously and they truly do not take situation seriously and they'll just do whatever they'll want and they'll continue to do whatever they want should the respondent not agree to the amount of maintenance you're claiming both parties will have to appear at court again and set out their cases so if you if you guys can't reach an understanding you'll be doing up and downs going back back and forth to court baby and you know court in south africa how long things take you have to wait like four months for a court date. And then you just hope that the respondent will actually even appear. So try your best to find an, to get to an agreement in the initial court, court date, uh, court um, appearance so that you can at least begin the process. Because another, another thing that can happen for you is if you agree on an amount, a maintenance amount of, let's say 2,500 rands. Yeah. And, for about six months that 2,500 rands is being paid and truly, truly it is helping you and the child is, you know, 
getting all their needs, et cetera, et cetera. If the child is now going to high school and school fees are more expensive or medical aid is more expensive, as a child grows, things get more expensive. You are liable to go and reapply for the maintenance order for the amount to be increased, provided you can back your statement. And this is the advice that the magistrate shared with me. He was like, look, I can tell you're not happy with this amount. However, start off here. And then once you can do this amount consistently in the next few months, when you see that actually, you know, the child's needs are a bit more than this, then you can apply for more, state your case. And then we do this whole process again. And it, it's easier to apply for more once you've once it's pretty, you're already in the system basically is how he described it to me. Now, what happens if a parent or guardian fails to pay maintenance? Hmm? What then? What do we do then? You've gone out of your way. You've been doing up and downs. There's just been this emotional toll, but you've gone through it. And now you're at the end of the tunnel. You know, you, you're done. You're just like waiting now for the maintenance to come in. So you know that, okay, cool. You can proceed to take care of the child. Parents who violate a maintenance order may be held accountable in a number of ways, which include, but are not limited to contempt of court proceedings, civil proceedings, and or criminal proceedings. Excuse me. Not only is a parent liable to continue paying maintenance in terms of an order, they also remain liable for arrears maintenance that was not previously paid in accordance with the order. So this is my favorite part. <laughs> it's like, it's that once you sign a court order, you understand that you're dealing with the court, right? This is the court of law. If you sign your signature on a document and say, I'm going to do ABC, I'm going to do it by this date because I'm earning this much, I'll do it. And you don't. You're in more trouble than you were because you're still liable to pay the money that you owe which is like you may as well just pay it because it's not like you can get away with not paying it ever which is the part that confuses me because I specifically remember sitting with the magistrate and my son's father next to me and she literally looked at both of us and said guys both of you are firstly way too educated to be in a maintenance court maintenance court isn't for people like you it's for people that can't read is literally what she said which gave me a little bit of an insight into you know what kind of people use these services regularly, right? But that part I didn't mind and I understood why that would be the case. But she said to the respondent, being my son's father, take this court order and give it to your employer that immediately to save yourself. Because if your employer has this court order, then they are also aware of your situation and will then understand that a portion of your salary by law, has to go directly to your child so that you don't get yourself into trouble. And this man agreed and said, yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I kid you not, it's been about four months and I haven't received a cent, which is fine because now he is still liable to pay that amount. It's, there's no world that we live in where he doesn't still owe that amount towards the child's maintenance. He still does because he signed. So I had the lovely job of going back to the maintenance court and saying, hi, guys, remember me? Yes, this is my situation. I had to then fill in another form. More form filling. I did tell you this was a tedious process, but hopefully for you, it won't get to this point. 
But in some cases it does, right? And you start the whole process again. You have to, you know, attach your bank statements showing that you haven't been receiving maintenance. You have to attach copy of ID, child, all of the stuff that you did in the beginning. However, this time around, you just need to, you know, state that these are the dates or the months of which I did not receive. And the same thing. They will then give you a date and an order of which you need to then go to the police station, get escorted to where this person lives or works, make sure that person signs and acknowledges it, and you have to hold on to that until such a time when you appear in court again. It's pretty much... It's 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 pointless to sign a maintenance order and not pay for it, and not pay the what you owe. It's 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 silly because now when we appear in court again, what the judge will most likely do is force him to order him rather not force. I don't like the word force. Order him to pay the money that he owes. So he already owes four months worth of maintenance. And then that month's worth of maintenance. And if it's a case of, well, he can't afford it, da-da-da-da-da, that then sounds like a him problem, right? And it does end up sounding like a you problem when you don't take responsibility for the things that you need to do. There is there's a way that the court can pretty much make your maintenance order a, like a, 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 a debit order. <laughs> Which is just so wild. Why would you let it get to that point where now you don't even have control over it? And it's just a debit order every month that's coming out of your salary. That's going straight to where it needs to go because you were not responsible enough to do the things that you said you were going to do. That is currently the situation that I'm in. And like personally, I don't mind because at least I know that, you know, after this is done, I probably don't need to go to court anymore, hopefully. However, I feel really, really sad for my child because his mother has to run up and down and do all these tedious things, these emotionally straining and mentally straining activities of running up and down to the courts, getting help for this, getting the police to do this, ba 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 ba. It is all very unfortunate and... I honestly wouldn't wish it on anyone. I wouldn't. Because it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. However, remember, like I said in the beginning, the whole point of the show is to unpack it for you and then unpack my experience with it just to encourage you to still do it either way. Do it. Don't get discouraged. Don't think you can't do it. Because my son is now, he'll be turning 10 soon. I should have done this when my son was two. I should have done it when my son was three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. But I just always said to myself, oh, you know, courts, oh my gosh, courts, so tedious. Yeah, it's too much. I don't want to do all of that. It's too overwhelming. I can't afford a lawyer. I told myself a lot of things until I just did it. And I was like, damn, why didn't I do this sooner? Because I know once this is done, it's done. Once this is done, it's done. And then there's there's no choice. And then I won't have to experience this again. Right? So that is where I'm at right now. That is where I'm at right now. There is also a possibility for criminal prosecution. 
A warrant of arrest can be issued if the respondent fails to comply with an order of the court. That is that is something that is up to you as the apply as the person who's applying for 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 maintenance. I was asked, would you like to should we go arrest him? And I said, no. <laughs> I don't want this guy arrested. I just want the maintenance, bro. I just want him to participate in his child's life. I don't benefit by him getting arrested. But I don't know what your situation is. Maybe you want your baby daddy to get arrested. You've got the choice. There's also civil enforcement of maintenance. Through the magistrate, they may order one of the following. An emolument attachment, which is an attachment of debt and execution of movable or immovable property. So that's where it's now a debit order. Right? And if... You refuse, then they look at your assets. They say, okay, cool. This person has a car. They've got a house. What do they have? Because again, you brought a child into this world, bro. You you cannot simply not take responsibility. That is irresponsible. But make sure that you report this matter to the maintenance office, officers because they will help you. They will assist you. It happens all the time where respondents sign and say, yeah, 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 I'll pay. And then they just don't. It happens a lot. It happens a lot. And there's a word that I'm looking for. There's a word for what it's called when they pretty much force it. I'm going to find that word and I'll share it with you because that's the word that'll, that'll essentially help you. So that is the process, right? Do not be overwhelmed by it. Do not feel that this is too much for you. You know, your situation is your situation. It's unique to you. You know exactly what you're experiencing. And I want you to be encouraged. I want you to know that you can get through it. I myself am not there yet. <laughs> I'm still in the process. And it's been about a year since I started this process. And I'm still in it. But I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up, not for any other reason other than my child deserves better. That's the bottom line. My kid deserves better. My kid knows it. His father knows it. And now that I've sought after the assistance of the courts, I know that the courts are going to do the right thing. That's if he if he actually arrives. <laughs> but that's my situation. And Again, only you know what yours is, but do it. Do it if you need to go through the process. If you can afford a lawyer, it's up to you. Get a lawyer. I don't advise it. I don't think it's completely necessary. Depending on the actual court itself, you know, it's it's just, I think growing up and seeing court on TV, we all have this one idea of what court is and that it's this big, scary place where... It's not that. Sometimes it's just an office. It's a little small room. You're at a desk, you've got a chair, and you're sitting and you're discussing with the magistrate in a small office. It's not always this big thing. So don't let it overwhelm you, right? Go for it. Go for it and just do your best and try because you never know. And like I said earlier, if you want to change the amount you can do that over time if you want to increase it or even decrease it for whatever reason. You can request that the, that the maintenance amount be increased or decreased. 
either because, you know, it's become insufficient or because you can no longer afford to pay that amount, whatever the case is. But there are steps that you need to follow. You have to go and apply once again. But you need to go to the magistrate's court in the district where you as the applicant and the child reside. Again, always go to the close, the closest court to you. Right. Complete the relevant application form, submit it, boom, with a statement of income and expenditure, and then they will assist you assist you. If you are the person who pays maintenance, but you can't afford the amount anymore, which does happen. Like I said, a lot of some, not a lot, some men would rather quit their jobs than have to pay maintenance due to whatever reasons. But if you really can't afford it, all you need to do is apply to the magistrate's office that issued your maintenance order to ask for a decrease or variation of the order, complete the relevant form, submit it, they'll help you. Submit a complete statement of income and expenditure and a statement explaining the reasons for your application to the maintenance officer, regardless of whether you are the recipient or the payer of the maintenance money. You'll then have to follow the same process as when a claim for maintenance is first instituted. So, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. How long will child maintenance be paid? Because your child's not going to be a child forever, right? So the duty to pay maintenance continues regardless of how old your child is and lasts until the child is self-supporting, adopted, or has died. Once your child reaches the age of 18, the responsibility is on them to prove how much maintenance they need. So if your child is self-supporting, they can't claim maintenance from any of their parents, right? But the duty to support a child only ends at the child's death, but not at the parent's death. However, in the event of a parent's death, the child may lodge a claim for maintenance against the deceased parent's estate. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old, like the age of this child. If the child still requires this maintenance and you can afford it, you are obligated to maintain your child. Because that child will be your child for as long as you both live. Only until that child dies. God forbid. The child dies while you're still alive. Then you can say, okay, cool. If the child is okay, then... Uh, if they're looking after themselves and they don't need to be maintained by you, then that's also cool. How much is it to apply for child maintenance? Zero. It's free. The financial cost is at zero. It costs you zero rands to apply for, for a maintenance order. However, there are other costs involved of which may vary from situation to situation. There's a cost of your peace, which only you can determine what that is. There's the cost of your mental health, which again, only you can determine what that is. There's a cost of your time, which is you going up and down, going back and forth, filling in forms, getting them the forms the form served, blah, 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 which again, only you can determine what that cost is. So the choice is yours and yours alone is the bottom line. If this is a battle that you are willing to go into, do it now rather than later. Don't wait like me. Don't wait for the child to be, you know, 10. <laughs> Go for it. If your child is still small, go for it. Approach the courts. The courts are here to help you, essentially. Use all the help that you can get. Get support. If you've got a great support structure, use it. In some cases, the courts will say, 
bring the child to court. Let's speak to the child directly about their needs and, you know, how they feel, et cetera, et cetera, which truly sucks. You don't want your child to be in court. Well, you shouldn't, but some people are completely cool with that. So it is a process. It is a bit hectic, but I feel as though the benefits are unmatched because once you're on the other side of it, you will then, that peace will come to you and you'll be like, that was totally worth it. You won't have to worry anymore. You won't have to stress anymore if you are worrying and stressing. And if your objective is to get the maintenance order in place by the court, not for the actual financial assistance, but more for the, for the assistance, more for, you know, the court to assist you in the other parent learning what it's like to actually be a parent and participating in the child's life. And also knowing that having a child comes with an automatic sacrifice like I did, then it will be harder. It will be harder because if the father of your child or the mother of your child who you're claiming maintenance from is simply not interested, they will most likely fight back. But as a primary caregiver, you are more than equipped to do this. So I wish you well, and I hope I haven't triggered any of you. <laughs> I hope you're like not like, ah! But instead thinking, I can do this. I promise you, you can do this. I did it. I'm still doing it. And once this is done, I've got a new court date for four months from now which is fine but by the time those four months come i will be owed what eight to ten months worth of maintenance yikes so just trust the process believe in yourself get the support that you need and you can do this i wish you all the best of luck and please 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 stay strong Stay strong. I can't tell you how many times I cried during this process. I cannot tell you how many times I broke down. But looking back, that breaking down was worth it. It had to get done because I'm closer to the finish line. So good luck to you. If you're ready, do your thing. If you're not ready, take your time. Go out there, do more research. But I hope that after listening to the show, you're feeling a bit more confident about the process of applying for maintenance at your nearest court. Thank you for listening to Life with Lebang. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'll see you very, very, very soon. And as always, without fail, love and light to you and yours.